Hey there, and welcome to the Unlikely Artist Podcast, where I'll teach you how to gain the freedom you need to become who you want, instead of who you've been telling yourself you need to be. I'm Heather Kerr. I went from international tax to art and coaching because those are the things I've been yearning to do. Listen in to find out how you can start doing what you love to in slow, easy steps each week. Let's dive in now. Welcome back, Savvy Souls. I've got such a special treat for you today. I know you're going to enjoy it. It's a fun and expansive discussion I had with Gitika Agrawal about her journey building the incredibly creative Vacation with an Artist platform that operates in 27 countries in every continent except Antarctica. Gitika started out studying architecture in India, eventually moved to the U.S. to study digital design, and now she lives in Manhattan, where she's CEO and founder of Vacation with an Artist. There are so many gems in this episode for you, Savvy Souls. Everything from our discussion about the Japanese life philosophy of Ikigai to why Gitika describes artists as the fingerprints of humanity. Gitika is a leading creative voice. She's won several international awards and she's been featured in New York Times, National Geographic, Condé Nast, Artsy and SXSW, among others. Listen in and enjoy. So Gitika, as soon as I came across your platform and saw what you're doing, I knew I absolutely had to get you in here to speak with my savvy soul listeners, as I call them, because here on this podcast, we're all about living expansively with a sense of adventure and inquiry and openness and creativity and connection. And also from a personal perspective, I've been obsessed with travel since I was very young and I've been obsessed with creative experiences, which are my jam. And those things are so relevant to my listeners because they are great paths to expansive living and having the freedom to become who you want. So what you, you are offering the world seems to align with all of those attributes your platform, Vacation with an Artist, offers expansing, amazing travel experiences. And I'm hoping we can start off with you telling me and us briefly a little bit about the experiences you offer. And then we're going to roll you backwards and find out how you got there and how you make this a reality. So just to start, what are the kinds of people who come to you looking for and what do you offer them? Sure. Thank you, Heather. And hello, Savvy Soul listeners. Um, so Vacation with an Artist, as the name alludes, uh, we offer creative apprenticeships with master artists and makers all around the world. So you can spend four to seven days uh, working with them, shadowing them, learning a new skill. Um, these We have 113 artists in 27 countries, and they range from ceramics to sculpture to uh, bamboo bicycle making, leather shoe making, etc. And the people who usually go on a vacation with an artist are actually the savvy soul people <laughs> who are looking for expansive experiences that kind of move them in, in multiple ways. Uh, people who are either looking for new inspiration because uh, they're 
wanting to explore new areas of their life or they want to grow um, in their life. They're the lifelong learners or people who want to build new skills, um, again, because they're lifelong learners and it doesn't matter if they're artists or, um, you know, accountants or lawyers or anybody, but, uh, you know, people who just want to learn uh, skills. Um, and people who like the human connection um, and want to understand the world and connect deeper with communities deep and deeper with cultures. So literally, those are the people. And, and there's no one reason to go on a vacation with an artist because I call it a very wholesome experience. And so there's something for everybody. Um, and, and yeah, I'll, I'll share more about it as we speak more. Yeah. And just uh, one more question about it. Like, what is your geographical breadth? Like, are you on all the continents? Like, where are you? Like, just, I know you have this huge distribution of countries, but what continents do you cover? We are in 27 countries across uh, North America, South America, Europe, Asia, uh, and Africa. Uh, and we are constantly adding new artists. Um, so like I said, uh, we have, we're currently working with 113 artists. Uh, but we're adding new artists from Australia, more artists in Africa, Europe, Asia, everywhere. So, so yeah, we're we're adding new uh, opportunities. So almost everywhere except for the Antarctic. <laughs> yes, yes. And well, we we hope to get there too because I'm sure there are wonderful artists living there. Yeah, I'm sure there are because it would be such an inspiring place. Mm-hmm. So we're going to come back and talk about that in more detail because I think it's so inspiring what you offer and some of the experiences and it's just expansive even hearing about them. But what I'd like to do is take you back to the beginning of your journey, because whenever I hear about a business that's wildly creative, but also when I hear about it, I go like, oh my God, why was, why wasn't this offered before? it always makes me wonder, like, how did the person develop this? So what was your journey in creating such a novel business? So just take us right back to your origins, maybe not from your birth, but, you know, from, you know, anything that you think is relevant to your journey in creating this, this business. Yeah. So I grew up in India and I was studying architecture. And in a country like India, that's not very common. Most people go for engineering, a doctor, um, or law professions. But anyhow, I was studying architecture and I was exposed to graphic design, ceramics, textiles, woodworking, photography, film, all of these things. And um, I would spend my summers uh, traveling around India, working with master craftspeople. India is so rich in craft, so it was pretty easy for me to go travel and and find these masters. And what I loved about those um, um, experiences, I mean, they were week long, sometimes month long, um, is that I was getting an opportunity to immerse into the artist's mind. Uh, It was more than just learning a skill. It was a immersing into a creative person's mind, how they see the world, how they approach problems, how do they solve them, how do they build skills, um, not just the technical skills to do the craft, but also the discipline, the focus, and all the other life skills that, you know, we all need. How do they develop those skills? Um, And in addition, um, I was getting an immersion into the city through 
their lens um, into the culture connection to their family and their friends. And so it was really a very wholesome experience. Um, uh, and it really influenced me at a very early age. And from there on, over the next 20 years, I just traveled all around the world. Um, and that just became my way of traveling because it was just so easy. Um, I didn't have to plan all the to-do things, all the things on a checklist or an itinerary. All I needed was a person who would be willing to um, teach me and open their doors to me and they would become my friend and everything was slow paced, more intentional. And, and, and so just, just pausing there, how do you think like this experience yourself of encountering, like deliberately encountering so many creative minds, so many diverse creative approaches, how do you think that influenced you as a human being? Oh, in such a huge way. And I think the simplest way I can explain is life is not a straight line and we are constantly hitting a problem or a situation. And in that moment, the biggest skill you need is to solve it creatively, to think about it differently. And I think it was just becoming more creative, um, opening new pathways in my brain. So if I am carving something on wood, um, things are not going to work <laughs> the way I want them to work. And so how do you plan for it? How do you, you know, just if you get stuck, how do you turn it into something of beauty instead of just abandoning it? And so it's a constant problem solving uh, mindset. Um, is really what I absorbed from, from these experiences. So it's become such a huge part of me. Um, uh, the resilience, the tenacity, the um, uh, looking at world in a different way, because, you know, sometimes uh, where the society tells us to do a certain thing a certain way, and we feel boxed in. And it gave me the courage to take more risks in my life. Um, and I feel less afraid. And I think all these experiences in the end add up, um, not just for my life story and what I'm going to tell when I'm 90 years old, <laughs> but um, but also just, you know, I'm able to see possibility in a different way. Um, yeah, it's, it's so funny. So many things that you said are things I've probably had separate um, podcasts on, like, <laughs> you know, life is a non-linear journey. You know, um, I love what you said about um, doing a piece of, say, carving wood. I think that's what you were talking about. Mm -hmm. and, and then it goes in a direction, you can't go back and fix it. So what do you do with it? I did a, a recording about a painting that I did that I destroyed and then made into something else that was really quite mm -hmm. meaningful. And I do think um, that exposure to art, whether you do it yourself or you just are with artists or see it and get into their minds can teach you so much about how to live life because it is the creative path. It is thinking outside the box. It It's all that resilience, tenacity, and just finding a new avenue when you think you you can't keep going you are so right and you know I always remember this quote by Picasso 
Uh, he said, everyone is born an artist. The problem is how to remain an artist when we grow up. And, you know, it, it has so, so many things attached to it. And I think, you know, if we just stayed the artist that we were born as, where we were just open, we were fearless, we would try anything, we were not afraid. And um, it's not just about being able to paint or it's a mindset. And, and I think if we can keep that as we grow up, as we become adults, it can really change our life. And, um, and yeah, that's, that's what a creative experience and being in the company of creative masters can teach you. I'd say there are a couple of other things that um, impacted me through these experiences mm -hmm. is um, I really got a better understanding of humanity. You know, it's just interesting. I, um, it's, it's artists are the fingerprints of humanity, in my opinion. Um, I say that it's, it's a very big statement, but artists are living culture. Culture is made up of people and what they do, what's on their mind, what they think about, how are they behaving, what's important to them. So artists are basically a reflection of the collective society. Um, and this culture gets passed on from the past to the present and they're kind of helping us see the future. So they're really a you know, living culture and, and a representation of humankind. And so when you spend time with them, you kind of absorb all this understanding of, of how we as humans exist. And, and then you start seeing that we all have similar motivations and desires and um, struggles. And, you know, it just makes you look at the world in a different way, because I think and there's so much division, especially right now in the world. Exactly. Um, and that you just realize that what are what are we fighting for? I mean, it's not leading us anywhere. Uh, there's just a better way to live. And so it also brings a different perspective at that level. And um, I agree with that so much because art um, doesn't use language and it, it, it or I mean, it can if it's poetry or whatever. So it depends on the form of it. But it speaks to us at a different level. It speaks to us at a non-logical level. It speaks us to a different part of our brain and it's a part of our brain where we have like the basic part of our brain where we have things in common right so it brings out that commonality uh in us if you're spiritual you know the collective consciousness it's that that part of us but it's that common expression of humanity it's the feelings and motivations and desires and struggles as you said right and art is such a good way of bringing that out and i think as you're saying in a world where we're so divided and so much, so many terrible things are happening. It's lovely and inspiring to be exposed to these threads, these parts of us where we have so much in common with each other as human beings. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So um, if I were Oprah, I think I would, I would have interrupted you earlier when you said artists are the fingerprint of humanity and said, Oh, tweetable <laughs> moment. <laughs> I, I love that quote. Like it's, it's got so much insight wrapped in it. Um, another thing that we talked about when I spoke to you before this interview today is you talked about this Japanese philosophy called Ikigai, mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if you can talk about that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So, it's, you know, it's a concept that um, I learned about a few years ago, and um, it, it just resonated so deeply with me and just what I was observing is happening in the world, which is, you know, we've we, most of us have spent our lives um, um, with work defining who we are. Um, so, and that's just one aspect of of who we are. And what Ikigai talks about, um, it's a Japanese concept, and it talks about that we are most fulfilled when um, we, you know, when our passion for things, which is our skills, our um, purpose, uh, what we love, and what we can get paid for come together. Um, and, And so, if we spend most of our life just doing work, the other three areas are not fulfilled and hence we don't feel fulfilled. So I think it's about beyond our work, which allows us to get paid, how can we use our skills and talents? And when we use that, we get excited. How can we make a difference in the world, like things that matter to us when we're doing something for others, identifying that helps us feel fulfilled. Okay, so maybe you can dial back and like connect how this Japanese philosophy, it relates to your business on the creation of your business. Yeah, so, um, you know, this is a good time coming out of the pandemic um, where I think we collectively all realized how our lives were so um, driven by work. And we all realized that it's not fulfilling. And we all had our projects and we all had our passions that we went to, to seek happiness. We were baking bread, we were making art, we were making, you know, doing music. And, and that's because those are the things that light us up deep inside. Uh, that's who we are. Um, we were finding joy in helping others in, in slowing down and being more intentional. And I think so there's just this uh, collective feeling in the world that we've kind of forgotten about ourselves and our collective um, purpose. And how do we now, as we come out of the pandemic, how do we reimagine our lives? How do we not go back to normal? And so we're looking to fulfill those other aspects of, of you know, the four quadrant that I mentioned. So if work was the only thing, how do we find our passion? How do we feel, um, have more skills, you know, in that area? How do we do something more meaningful for the world? And so we're looking to build these skills. We're looking to reimagine our lives. And I have always believed, and like we were talking earlier, that we need guides to make this transition. And artists are the best guides to help us reimagine our lives, um, to learn new skills that are aligned with our passion, to help us understand the world better so we can serve the world better. And so when you go on a vacation with an artist, you are getting that, you know, let's say a week, and you can do this for a longer period too, you're getting that time to be intentional about your life and, and use it either as a stepping stone towards reimagining your life, um, and making it more aligned with who you are and where you want it to go, or to build new skills, because maybe you realize I don't want to be doing this job. And I instead want to be spending more time 
uh, weaving and you want to build skills in that area and so you take that time to learn those skills from a master um so that's that's really what bawa is about is it's it's a stepping stone or or just a way to facilitate living that kind of life um with the guidance of of a master who can allow you to explore play but if you get stuck you know you can do it um they're, they're there to guide you yeah. So before we talk about some specific masters, which I'd like to do in a few minutes, I'm wondering if you can take us from the time where you were personally traveling around the world and having these kind of enlightening, eye-opening, um, mind-blowing experiences yourself. Were you always like an entrepreneur? Were you always in this kind of business? Like, how was this? How did you go from having these personal experiences to create? to creating this platform? Yeah, sure. So like I said, I was studying architecture then uh, in India. And then about 20 years ago, I moved to United States to study industrial design. And then I got into uh, more the digital world. I was a creative director at an agency here in New York. And um, because I was having these personal experiences traveling and being a designer on, and professionally, I started observing um, that more and more people are looking for this connection, right? They're looking to learn from an artist. They're looking to find artists who will allow them to be in the studio, um, be willing to teach them. And for on the artist side, what I had experienced personally was that they were wanting to teach, but um, they didn't want to deal with the operational side of things, or they didn't want to manage things. They just wanted to make art and they wanted to teach. And and that's where I saw an opportunity. So, I mean, in general, I, I wasn't an entrepreneur, but I've always had an entrepreneurial mind and that creative mind, you know, which mm -hmm. has built over the years where I can think of something and I can create it and I want to create it. Um, so that that kind of um, inspired me and I, I wanted to build something where I can help both the artists and both people. So I took a year off from my job uh, to build this. So I traveled uh, uh, for that one year, I went to 12 countries and I spent a month in each country finding these artists um, because these artists, you can't just find them online. Most artists don't even have an online presence, especially the masters who are so busy working with their hands in their studio. So I, I found these artists. I started building the platform and along the way, I was also having these experiences with them um, to make sure that the right fit for, for what we we're trying to offer. Um, and that's how I just kept building this. And um, I think in my seventh month is uh, when I decided, all right, I have a decent number of artists I can launch this with. And I launched it. And the next day, I didn't even have payment hooked up. I launched it and I had a booking from a girl in Austria who oh. like, I, I don't know this person. And, <laughs> and so that was just very empowering because it just made me feel like, okay, there's something to it and I'm just going to keep building it. Um, and so I returned from that year of travel. I went back to my job because I had just taken a year off, um, but I kept doing this at nights. Um, and then after a year of doing it um, at nights, I decided to build this full time and take that big leap. Wow. And what was it like for you when you took the big leap? Was it scary? Was it 
you know, exhilarating both? How did it feel to you? I was ready. I was just ready to do this. Um, I mean, no, it wasn't scary. Um, if, if I thought it would scare, it was scary, it would have become scary, but I was just so excited and I so wanted to do it. You know, sometimes when you just think of an idea and you want it so badly and you just want to do it, you, you just, I, I think you just stop thinking about everything else. You just want to do it and you find a way to do it. Uh, that that's just how I am is if I, if I feel everything aligns, I just do it. And to me, everything was aligning mostly because I knew this was going to be very useful to a lot of people. And I was going to build something that was going to be very meaningful and what the world needed. Um, so I just had to give it a try and it was fine if I failed, like it's okay. Um, um, again, that's what the creative process is about. Like you try it, it's not going to be great every time, but the joy is in the journey and the joy is in the process. And while I'm building this company, it's not just about me serving and building a business. I am personally growing too. I'm learning so many things. So I think even if it fails, uh, which I hope it doesn't, and I I don't think it will, but um, you never know. I am just happy that I am learning so much that that will never go waste. So there's nothing to be scared about. Yeah. That your, your philosophy there is very similar to something I learned as a life coach from a coach that I had, which was, because I used to have this huge, as a lot of people do this huge hang up about possibly failing and not Mm -hmm. wanting to do things where I thought I might fail. And what she said is there's just winning and learning. And right. words, like failure doesn't really exist. There's just winning and learning. So I love that philosophy. It sounds like it partly came naturally to you. And I imagine it was built and fostered through your own personal experiences of traveling and meeting these artists because of all the things that you mentioned earlier in this interview that they taught you, like about, you know, you make a mistake carving wood and you figure out how to make it beautiful, you know, how to build the discipline and focus and life skills to actually execute and how do you approach and fix problems? How do you creatively solve things? So you're probably naturally like that. And then these skills were strengthened through these, all these encounters you had over the years. Yeah, totally. It definitely um, made me have confidence in those skills then, you know, and to keep applying it and, you know, repetition is the key. So the more you do it, the more it comes to you and becomes part of you. So um, yeah, but I love what you said, winning and learning. Uh, That's great. Yeah. The other thing I really hear through all your words is how passionate and purpose oriented this whole venture is, and that probably helps as well. Yes, absolutely. I mean, that's the, that's the thing. That's the icky guy, right? We're saying like a job is one part. So yeah, this business is going to, is meant to be work and it's meant to, you know, be a business. Um, but then it's the love and the passion behind it. Uh, those are the second and the third quadrants, which includes my skills. So it's also skills that I know. I know how to build a product. I know how to build a brand. I know how to build experiences. Um, and so it's combining my skills, combining my passion, my love, my you know, what I can build. So, and the mission, how I want to serve the world. Um, when they come together, um, uh, yeah, it auto- automatically 
everything feels good around it. <laughs> yeah, that's so amazing. So I, I think it would be really interesting now to hear from, you know, you've got all these artists all around the world and all the continents. And I was wondering if, I know it might be hard to do this, but if you could pick three artists and just kind of describe what they're like, what visiting them would feel like, what, what, you know, people report back, you, you know, like anything you think is relevant to talk about each artist so that, you know, the savvy souls listening to this can kind of conceptualize what going on one of these experiences would actually be like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we work with right now 113 artists in 27 countries and, um, uh, I would say it's very hard to pick three because <laughs> they're all my favorites, but I'll, I'll try to do my best. Um, so I'll start with the East, with Asia. So, I'm gonna, um, so we have uh, in Vietnam, we work with um, Hanoi's leading textile designer, Wu Tao. Um, and uh, what's special about her is that she works with the indigenous community in northern Vietnam in Cao Bang. And so as part of the seven day experience, uh, you land in Hanoi and then you travel, you meet her in the studio, you travel with her to Khao Bang, it's an eight hour drive. Um, and Khao Bang is like bordering China. It's so beautiful. There are lakes and mountains and fields. Um, and that's where the indigenous community of Nung women live. And they have been um, doing this craft of growing indigo plants, magenta plants, you know, all growing, growing all these plants, harvesting them to make natural dyes, uh, making their own yarn, uh, then making dyes out of these plants to then dye the yarn and then make fabric and textiles out of it, right? And so you basically for seven days are in Kaobang, staying uh, with Tao in the company of these women and you are working with them you go in the morning to the field you do depending on what season you're going like right now is the harvesting season you harvest these plants you make you know all you make the dyes you make your yarn you make weave your textile so you do all of that over the seven days and then with Tao, um you also explore the region because they're so such beautiful um lakes and waterfalls there um and it's all private so it's just you and Tao and these women so it's not like a big group or a big tour where there's an itinerary and where there are a lot of people it's literally you and and the artist so it's very flexible uh so if you want to spend longer time in the fields that's what you do if you want to work in the morning versus afternoon you that's what you do um if you want to spend more time at the waterfall that's what you do so it's very very like being with a friend uh yeah. and really focused on what you want to do so it's um and and very local in its approach too because you're you know you're not going to tourist places you're going to places that Tao goes you're eating with the Nung women like that's how it's as local as it gets um and you're learning all these skills hands-on so that's like an example of Vietnam um in you know Mexico we work with Julio he's one of Mexico's most prolific sculptor and his experience is seven days um and so these days are are based on the craft you know certain crafts take longer time certain crafts can be done in a slightly shorter time um but most are between four days to seven days um 
So in Mexico, you arrive in Mexico City, Julio comes uh, with Paula, who's his partner, and they pick you up. You go to a couple of museums to see works by some of the most other prolific uh, Mexican sculptors. And then he drives you to um, the town that he lives in. And then again, you're staying in a casita, you're spending seven days um, working with him in the studio. And you don't have to be a stone sculptor. You you don't have, you know, you didn't don't need to know those things already. You could. And again, if you if you're someone who's worked with stone before, you start at that level. If you've never done anything, you start at the basics. Uh, so Julio is there to guide you at whatever level you are. So we recently, for example, had a family of three, mother, father, son. The father wanted to carve a portrait of his grandson in stone. So he did wow. that. The mother wanted to make a wooden bowl. So she worked with wood. So she learned how to, she made her own bowl. And the son wanted to make a stone sculpture and he, that's what he did. And so they worked together with Julio all day for seven days to do that. He helped them design it, learned the skills, guided them and made it. And of course, uh, Julio and Paolo are excellent hosts like all other Baba artists. And they were eating with them and like they're big into gastronomy. So they were eating some of the most <laughs> amazing Mexican food. They went to local places um, to explore. So that's another example. Um, and I'll pick one in, in um, Europe, um, in Barcelona. So, you know, not all experiences are kind of out of the city, but uh, this is in Barcelona and it's with Rosaire printmaking. And um, yeah, so you're in Barcelona for, you know, a week, let's say, and for four days, you go every day to her studio, you spend either the morning and the afternoon making prints. Um, and she's really wonderful. Again, great host. Uh, in this case, you're not staying with her. In some cases, you stay with the artist. In some cases, you find your own accommodation. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, you're in, in a city like Barcelona, you spend the morning working in the studio and the afternoon you have it free to go enjoy all the Gaudi architecture or eat or enjoy Barcelona the way you want to do it. But instead of, you know, doing a lot of touristic things, you're actually spending time in the studio making something. So those are just three I decided to pick right now. All these experiences sound so amazing. I immediately want to sign up for all of them. <laughs> <laughs> you should, you should definitely yeah. look at it. Yeah, it just sounds so expansive and connecting and healing and just you'd learn so many things that you could carry forward to be more creative in other aspects of your life. I just really love everything about your mission. Um, for the benefit of my listeners, I was wondering if you could let me know how people could find you, because I'm sure you've whet some appetites to maybe explore what you offer a little bit more. Yeah, I would say the easiest is go to Google and just type in vacation with an artist and you'll find it. it the other way is just go to the website, which is VAW aa.com so it's v-a-w-a-a.com 
We are also on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, Instagram um, is at VAWA, which is at V-A-W-A-A underscore. Um, and yeah, there we're posting images from our guest trips and artists and um, definitely follow us on Instagram. And yeah, if you, once you go to the website, you can browse all the 113 artists and new ones as we launch. Um, and pick the one that you want to go on. Yeah, it sounds expansive even just browsing through your um, <laughs> your website and looking at all the amazing things people are doing from around the world and you know just opening your mind to the experiences that are possible and maybe twigging your mind to other experiences too that you might want to have. Yeah, it's interesting how many people just think of like, oh, I'm going to do painting and pottery. And then when they go to the site and they're like, what, rattan weaving? Oh, what, yeah. calligraphy in Japan? I didn't even know. And it just like opens the mind in a completely different way. Uh, or perfume. I can make my own perfume. <laughs> I'm yeah. sure you have some repeat, some repeating uh, people. <laughs> oh, we do. We have, we've had many repeating people. It's kind of addictive. You know, you yeah. do it once and then you just want to keep doing this. Okay, well, I want to thank you so much for your time today. I think you're a real inspiration. Um, I think people will probably want to stop and listen to this episode a couple times and like just take notes from all the wisdom that you offer and the insights that you're sharing with us. And so you've been very generous with your time. And thank you so much for appearing as a guest on the Unlikely Artists podcast. Thank you, Heather, so much for having me. And, you know, I feel like I've found people who are kind of similar to the people that we um, host, the Savvy Souls. So I look forward to having some Savvy Souls going to VAWA. Absolutely. So Savvy Souls, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. And maybe you're now even considering embarking on one of her vacations with an artist to discover a completely different part of yourself. Some key takeaways from this interview. Essentially, we were talking about the artist's mindset and how thinking more like an artist can help you. So when you encounter a problem and you get stuck, you can ask, how can I turn this into, as she said, something of beauty instead of just abandoning your project? The biggest skill any of us need is to learn how to solve things creatively instead of giving up. Secondly, you can develop the courage and tenacity to take risks. Like Gatika, you can say to yourself, if everything aligns, I'll just do it. I don't need to think about being scared because if I fail, it's okay. Whatever happens, I'm learning so much and that will never go to waste. Thirdly, you can be open and see possibilities in a different, more creative way. You can develop the skill of living outside the box. The other big takeaway for you is to contemplate the Japanese philosophy of Ikigai and the four quadrants Kitaga talked about. First, consider what you love. Secondly, what you're good at. Thirdly, what the world needs. And fourthly, what you can get paid for. Ask yourself if you're satisfying all the four quadrants. And if you're not, what area do you need to explore to increase your sense of fulfillment and well being? 
So Savvy Souls, that's it for today. I've included Gitaga's contact information in the show notes this episode, so you can find her if you're now dying to join one of her trips, or you just want a dose of inspiration from a woman who's leading an inspirational life. So if you're energized by the possibilities you're hearing about on this podcast, but you're wondering how it's possible to actually make what you've been fantasizing about doing actually happen, I'd love you to join me for a free strategy session where we'll talk about coaching together. We'll explore how you can start making what you want possible by taking small, easy steps that add up to something amazing. Just click on the link in the show notes below this episode to book your free call. I'd love to meet you live. And all my listeners, remember, it's finally your time to do what you want.